The Chicago Blackhawks look to put an end to their losing streak and hopefully score more than one goal as they take on the Nashville Predators this evening. I'll go over the Blackhawks' projected lineup and whether or not we could see more significant healthy scratches from Coach Luke Richardson. And I'll also get into a lofty update on the Blackhawks' prospects playing college and junior hockey this season. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2 or you could go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, just a quick reminder here to please make sure to go and show some support if you haven't done so already by smashing that like button down below. Go and comment as well as to whether or not you think There will be any more significant scratches this evening when the Hawks take on the Predators. And if so, let me know which players you think are deserving of watching this one from the press box. And last but certainly not least, make sure you're subscribed to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. If you're not already at this point, what are you doing? It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free, and it really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get notified when the episode is uploaded each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Sleeper, the go-to platform for daily fantasy sports. And right now, you can use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get up to an $100 match on your first deposit with Sleeper. All right, good afternoon, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And looking to get off the schneid here are the Chicago Blackhawks, as they are losers of each of their last three, dropped all three matchups during their three-game road trip, and only found the back of the net once in all three of those games, but not only have they lost three in a row, they're also losers of nine of their last 11, including a four to two loss a couple of weeks ago to the team that they are going to be facing here this evening in the Nashville Predators. That first meeting came back on November 18th back in Nashville. This time it'll be held at the United Center with a 7.30 puck drop here tonight, and the game will be televised on NBC Sports Chicago for those curious. But uh, Blackhawks obviously did not come up on the winning side of the battle the first time that these two two teams met not all that long ago. If you all recall, it was a Saturday matinee start, I believe, at 1 p.m. Central time. I actually believe, um, not to stir the pot here, if I have my facts correct, I believe this was the day after the Corey Perry incident or whatever it was. We still don't really have many updates as to what actually happened there, but this was the day after that actually happened. But the Hawks got off to a slow start in that one. Fell behind 2-0 early. I remember goals from uh, Yakov Trenin and Gustav Nyquist on the power play put them ahead 2-0 after the first period. I did think the Hawks got 
a little bit better as the game wore on and they wound up making it a fight, getting goals from Philip Kurashev and uh, Tyler Johnson scored in the third period to cut their deficit to uh, three to two with about eight minutes left, but they weren't able to get a third goal past former Hawks netminder Kevin Lankin and the Preds go on to add the empty netter and that sealed it for that four to two loss. And ever since the Predators picked up that win, they've been playing some really solid hockey. They had a, a five game winning streak actually after that victory. And they're now five, one and oh in their last six games since that first meeting between these two teams. And tonight will actually be their first matchup or their first contest, I should say, in the month of December. They had the entire weekend off. So the Blackhawks Need to be aware of that, not that they can afford to take any nights off or to take it easy on any given game because it really feels like anything less than their best just isn't going to get it done at this point in time. But they do have to be aware that they have an especially fresh Nashville Predators group on their hands tonight because they haven't played since November 30th last Thursday. But whenever these two teams face off with one another, it really does feel like it's kind of got that low-scoring close division rivalry type of feel to it for whatever reason. It feels like the Preds have been the team to get the better of the Blackhawks over the last handful of years, though. And a lot of that, I think, is because of what UC Saros has done in net against the Blackhawks. Just phenomenal numbers. At this point in time, we don't have confirmation whether he's going to be in goal for the Preds or if they're going to go with uh, Kevin Lankinen once again against his former team in a return to the United Center. Um, I did check the Predators' schedule. It's not a back-to-back for them, and their next game is Thursday against the Lightning. So maybe they want to save Saros for that, but quite honestly, knowing the workhorse that he is, I wouldn't be surprised if he started both of those games for the Predators. So I have a feeling we're going to see Saros here tonight, and yeah, he's been spectacular and had the Blackhawks number throughout his career thus far. In 16 career starts against the Blackhawks, UC Saros is 10-3-2, with a 2.06 goals against average and a 9.32 save percentage. So the Blackhawks uh, on two ends of the spectrum here. Defensively, they know they got to be solid because they give up three. More than likely, they're going to lose if UC Saros is in net. And then offensively, got to make sure they're just doing all the little things right. Get those gritty goals. I mean, they all count the same. And it's hard to beat a goaltender like UC Saros cleanly. So get bodies to the front of the net cause some traffic, maybe get a redirect goal, maybe get a rebound goal. Those things are really going to help out not only against, you know, a a really good netminder here tonight, but just in general for the struggling Blackhawks offense. I think, you know, sometimes they just need to keep it simple and try and get the puck on net and and score as many gritty goals as possible because the skill game on on paper and from the eye test, what we've seen with them lately, not having uh, Taylor Hall or Corey Perry the rest of the way, it's been pretty brutal. So, I think the Blackhawks just need to try and keep it simple offensively tonight to uh, cause some havoc in front of UC Saros if he is getting the getting the nod in net for Nashville. And some of their uh, other numbers that I took a look at, kind of middle of the pack everywhere, feels like Nashville, it almost feels like they're, even though they do have a different roster this year, it kind of feels like they're the same team once again. Just middle of the pack in everything, 16th in goals scored this season, 17th in goals against. They do have the 19th ranked power play in the NHL to go along with the 29th ranked PK. So another game where the Blackhawks are facing off against one of the worst penalty kills in the entire NHL. They actually faced off with the worst kill in the NHL on Sunday when they took on the Minnesota Wild. Their only goal of the game in that one came with a Taylor Radish power play goal. And they also showed some 
good things earlier in the game on the man advantage, really good puck movement. Uh, Their first power play of the game was quite honestly their best power play of the entire season, even though they didn't get the finished product. So the hope is that they can carry some of that momentum over here tonight against the Predators on home ice against another bottom five penalty kill in the entire NHL. And then looking at how Nashville has kind of got it done this season It hasn't changed since the first meeting a couple of weeks ago. One thing that really stood out to me is how much uh, the big dogs, if you will, for Nashville do the heavy lifting for them. Offensively, it's really their top line in Roman Yossi carrying all the weight. Philip Forsberg has 28 points to lead them offensively. Not really surprising. Ryan O'Reilly is off to a spectacular start to his Preds career with 21 points here in the early going. And then Gustav Nyquist, who's also playing on the wing Uh, with those two on the top line. He's got 17 points early on as well. Roman Yossi has 17 points uh, from the back end. And then only three other players on their entire roster have reached double digits in terms of points so far this season. So it was one of my keys to the game in the first meeting. It's not one of my official keys to the game here tonight because I didn't want to be repetitive, but I do think it is so crucial for the Blackhawks to really focus and hunker down against that Predators top line. If you can shut them down, it's going to give you an opportunity to win. Again, I think a a low scoring type of affair. Those are kind of the contests that the Blackhawks need to be in right now, given their offensive struggles and the lack of depth that they have in their forward group. All right, coming up in just a moment here, I will get into the Blackhawks projected lineup for tonight's matchup. And I'll also get into my three keys to victory and whether or not we could see more healthy scratches coming from head coach Luke Richardson. But first, I need to talk to you all about Sleeper. The NHL season is finally here. We're starting to get, we're actually now over the quarter point of the season. The Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champs, are looking really solid once again. Are they going to reign supreme for the second consecutive year? I love hockey. I love the NHL. And I know all of you do out there as well. And that's why I'm here to talk to you all about Sleeper. Sleeper is my go-to platform for daily fantasy sports, especially though daily fantasy hockey, because with Sleeper, you have the chance to win a hundred times your cash on daily fantasy action. And the NHL has literally never been more exciting than it is right now with stars like Connor Bedard in Chicago, Adam Fantilli in Columbus. You got Jack Hughes, Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin are still around. There are stars all over the league. And all you need to do with Sleeper is simply select more or less based on their stats provided, such as goals, assists, points, saves, and more. And again, Sleeper offers you 100 times uh, your cash on daily fantasy action. So start paying attention, make the correct picks, and you could win real big. Entries can also be made in under 30 seconds. And Sleeper is live right now in 28 plus states. I think back on home ice here this evening, I mean, the 18-year-old has been carrying the Blackhawks. I think we got to go over 0.5 goals for Connor Bedard. That's at least the way that I'd be leaning. Right now, also with Sleeper, make sure to go and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and you'll get up to an $100 match on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps, and you can go and see Sleeper's terms of use right now for more details. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, 
your team every day. The Blackhawks take on the Nashville Predators tonight at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, the second time these two teams meet in just under three weeks. And you can catch all of the action of the Blackhawks' hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Blackhawks. Segment two, let's talk about what we could see out of the Blackhawks' projected lineup tonight. And I'm really curious, after Sunday's contest where, yeah, the Blackhawks lost 4-1, to one, it was kind of the same game that we saw three times during their road trip, but the biggest storyline was none other than Lucas Reichel getting healthy scratch for the first time this season after having just six points in his first 22 games. The consistency hasn't been there. Um, just hasn't been as prevalent or as productive or as impactful as we were hoping after seeing what he was able to do uh, late last year and also building off that in training camp and during the preseason. It's been a rough start from him, from him, but I do believe he's going to get an opportunity back in the lineup here tonight. I don't think Luke Richardson is going to want to scratch him for two consecutive games. And quite honestly, even though his consistency has been a problem, I just don't know if Luke Richardson can afford to scratch someone like him with legit offensive upside, given the offensive output that we've been seeing from this team recently. So I do expect Lucas Reichel to draw back in probably on the second line, if I had to guess, which I'll get to here in just a moment. But what I am curious to see Blackhawks fans is whether or not Luke Richardson is going to make some other folks answer the bell up in the press box here tonight. And yeah, I know we see healthy scratches each and every game. That obviously happens because there's more players on the roster than the Blackhawks can dress in a given game. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about certain guys like Lucas Reichel who have been in the lineup consistently so far this year that just haven't been doing enough to get the job done. I think that's you know a huge reason why Wyatt Kaiser is going down to Rockford because his consistency just wasn't there. He was trending in the wrong direction. Lucas Reichel, you could make kind of the same arguments about him. And I do think there are a couple of other Blackhawks who'd be kind of thrown into that conversation. And I'll get into it as I break down the line-by-line combinations. Starting with the forward group, though, I do firmly believe uh, we actually don't, I believe Anthony Beauvillier is going to be able to play for the Blackhawks tonight, but we know he didn't play on Sunday because of visa issues. Um, Saturday, he was able to make his Blackhawks debut against the Winnipeg Jets, but wasn't able to enter the United States with the Blackhawks to head to Minnesota. But the hope is that he'll be able to play either today and if not today, worst case Ontario Thursday against the Anaheim Ducks. But hopefully Beauvillier will be able to go tonight because when he made his team debut on Saturday with Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev on the top line, that was really the only trio that amounted to anything for the Blackhawks in that game. And I thought they showed some really solid chemistry and good puck movement for it being their first game together. Um, Beauvillier, I think he kind of recognized that he's out there to go and shoot the biscuit. I liked how uh, reluctant, or not how reluctant he was. I liked how willing he was, excuse me. Um, to kind of just one touch and shoot it every time it was on his stick and to find those little soft spots whenever Connor Bedard has the puck. So hoping that they'll be able to build off that if Beauvillier is able to go tonight. The time we're recording this, we're still ahead of the Blackhawks morning skate here. It's about 9.30 uh, a.m. Central time. So not sure if that's going to happen, but I really hope to see Beauvillier because I thought he looked solid in his team debut. That'll be the Blackhawks' top line if Beauvillier is able to go. The second line is kind of where things get a little bit interesting. As I mentioned, I do ultimately believe Lucas Reichel is going to draw back into the lineup. And 
if he does, I imagine it'll be uh, on the wing of the second line. But I'm really curious to see what combinations they're going to put alongside him because um, Cole Gutman, Tyler Johnson, and Taylor Radish were the Blackhawks' second line on Sunday when Reichel was a healthy scratch. Not that that trio really, you know, produced all that much and looked all that sharp. But out of those three, I really just don't know which one is going to get a bump down in the lineup. I figure because they want to keep Cole Gutman at center, I believe that he'll probably get the original nod to be the second line guy. But then on the wing, do they want to go with Tyler Johnson and give some veteran experience to those two youngsters? That's probably the way that I personally would go with it. But then you also got to think about what you would do with Taylor Radish and do you move him down the lineup and kind of separate the 17, 16, 15 line? That's yeah, been a little quiet the last couple of games, but all in all done a lot of good together. That's another debate. <laughs> Excuse me, hiccup. I personally think that it, it should be uh, Lucas Reichel, Cole Gutman, and Tyler Johnson serving as the Blackhawks second line there. Third line, I think you just bump Taylor Radish down. I don't think you have him draw the lineup after scoring the lone power play tally of the game. I know he's a guy you could throw into this boat. Only four goals in the first 22 games. Just simply hasn't been good enough out of Taylor Radish. I think you can throw him in that same conversation. I wouldn't be stunned if he got scratched here tonight, but I don't think you'd do it after a game in which he just scored a goal. But he's certainly on the hot seat if he doesn't keep it going here these next couple of contests. But I have him on the third line with Nick Foligno and Jason Dickinson. Yes, that would mean breaking up the 17-16-15 trio. I have Joey Anderson then going down to the fourth line with Boris Kachuk and Ryan Donato, leaving Reese Johnson and Mackenzie Entwistle as the two healthy scratches. We'll see if that winds up being the case. But I am really interested to see what the Blackhawks do on defense as well because – uh, they mixed up the pairings with Louis Clevier making his NHL debut. Nikita Zaitsev wound up drawing out of the lineup. And, you know, we really didn't see the Blackhawks pairings change up all that much in the opening 20 games of the season. But in the last contest, we saw Kevin Korchinski skate with uh, Seth Jones on the top pairing. That left the two big bastards and Alex Vlasic and Louis Clevier together on the second pairing. And then Jared Zanordi and Connor Murphy who played a lot together last season, were left as a third pairing. But I do wonder if Richardson is going to be switching that up because Tenorti and Murphy were just god-awful on Sunday. God-awful. And this is really the interesting part of the conversation that I wanted to get to, Blackhawks fans. And I'm curious if you all feel the same way. Make sure to go and comment down below your reaction and your feelings as to what I'm just about to say. I think Connor Murphy should be healthy scratched. And I know he's a veteran leader on the back end, and there just isn't a lot of that for the Blackhawks right now. But they don't have Isaac Phillips, and they don't have Wyatt Kaiser, two rookies in the lineup anymore, with both of them being back down there in Rockford. And I just don't think Connor Murphy, as a veteran guy that's supposed to be leaned on this season, I just don't think he's quite honestly been good enough. And I feel like... um it's a bit unfair to say that because Murphy's had a tough role, you know, being a defensive minded defenseman for this team that's always stuck in their own end. He's had to play alongside 19 year old Kevin Korchinski, who's undersized and, you know, defense isn't the strength of his game. So Murphy has to kind of take over on command a little bit more back there. But at the same time, <clears throat> the amount of goals that he's been on the ice for and the amount of backdoor tap ins and just defensive breakdowns that he's been susceptible to. I just wonder if Luke Richardson feels like the same message that he's sending to Philip Kurashev right now. He also has to send 
to Connor Murphy because quite honestly, he's in that same boat with Lucas Reichel and with Taylor Radish and guys who have been underwhelming this season. Connor Murphy, in my opinion, has not been very good. And I think a lot of other Blackhawks fans feel the same way about that. I bet this is highly unlikely, but I do just kind of wonder if Connor Murphy could be getting a healthy scratch tonight. Again, highly unlikely, but I wouldn't think it's out of pocket. I think it would be deserving considering the way that he's been playing and still got to recognize how much better he needs to be. I mean, maybe that's a message Luke Richardson needs to get through as well. I don't know. Again, I don't think it's likely to happen, but I do believe it would be deserving, um, especially because Nikita Zaitsev never thought I'd be saying this, but uh, on Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets, he actually had a pretty good game. And I, I wouldn't say I was shocked to see him, you know, draw out of the lineup on Sunday, but I do think he's been a little bit better as of late. So maybe a message could be sent to Connor Murphy here tonight, but I am really curious all in all, not only which six defensemen Luke Richardson is going to roll with, but how he's going to utilize the pairings on the back end. As far as my three keys to victory for the Blackhawks tonight, I mentioned one of them that's not an official one is uh, shutting down the top line of Gustav Nyquist, Ryan O'Reilly, and Philip Forsberg uh, during segment one. My other three keys to victory for the Blackhawks tonight, first and foremost, I think the gap control needs to be better out of the defenseman. We've seen them just give up way too many easy goals to the opposition during their three-game road trip. Guys being left all alone in front of the net to get an easy redirect or uh, uh, easy backdoor tap in. The Blackhawks' gap control has just been putrid. And I mentioned on yesterday's show, it's definitely the players, but it also could be part Luke Richardson. He's really got to hone in on this because it, it has been costing the Blackhawks seemingly each and every game. They're giving up at least one easy backdoor tap in or something along those lines. So starting tonight, if they want to go and put an end to the schneid, they got to tighten up their gaps and uh, need to be better or else guys seriously might need to start learning the hard way and getting up there in the press box, a la Connor Murphy, what I think could we could see here this evening. My second key to victory for the Blackhawks, get gritty goals. Like I said, UC Saros has the Blackhawks number, but even if they do wind up going with Kevin Lankin and gritty goals is what's going to help this Blackhawks offense get cooking here a little bit more certainly than they have been as of late. And then my third key, get momentum with that power play. Um, they have two power play goals in their last three games. I thought the performance out of the man advantage on Sunday was, I know it's not a high bar, but as good as it's been all season long, let's carry that over on home ice tonight against Nashville, who also has one of the worst penalty kills in the entire NHL. All right, Blackhawks fans, coming up in just a moment, don't go anywhere because I still need to give you all on the best part of the organization right now, and that's the prospects. But first, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. There's no I in team, but there is an I in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours because when you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed streamlines the hiring process with powerful tools that find you match candidates in a quick and timely manner. And I personally love Indeed because it's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. 
So do that by visiting Indeed.com slash LockedOn to start hiring right now. Again, that's Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Need to hire? Then you need Indeed. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Again, if you're still tuned into this point of today's episode, first, let me just say thank you very much. I really do appreciate all the support and make sure to go and hit that like button, comment down below and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. You can also turn on those push notifications by ringing the bell and make sure to go and subscribe or follow, I guess, Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. The account really has been growing here over the last couple of weeks. I've been posting some cool Blackhawks footage and videos of Connor Bedard and also uh, some updates and some cool reels of Blackhawks prospects. And I've also been posting clips right here live from the show. So also make sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram if you haven't done so already. All right, segment three, before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your days, I did an update last week on the Blackhawks minor league affiliate Rockford Icehogs. And now I want to be sure to give you all an update on how their prospects that are playing college and junior hockey this season, how they're doing so far in the early going. Now that we're, you know, uh, a quarter of the way through most of these campaigns at the very least uh, in the CHL and in the NCAA. And we've seen a lot of good things from a lot of Blackhawks prospects. And when there's not a whole lot of good happening at the NHL scene, this is what you need to look to to keep that light at the end of the tunnel in mind because, man, are a lot of these prospects off to a terrific start. Yes, it is going to be a process, and the turnaround isn't going to happen immediately, but there is a lot of reason to be hopeful for the future because of what we're seeing all of these prospects do. Not only the ones that are down in Rockford right now with guys like Colton Dock, Ethan Del Mastro, and Drew Camasso, but there are a slew of prospects playing college and junior hockey that are doing work so far this year. Getting into it, let's start with none other than my boy, Frank the Tank Nazar. Before I do, I'm going to take a quick sip of water here, folks. Pardon me. Blackhawks, 13th overall pick, of course, in the 2022 NHL draft. Missed most of his freshman campaign with the University of Michigan due to a knee injury, but boy, has he been good so far for them this year. 18 points in his first 18 games. It was actually cool. (coughs) Excuse me. On uh, Friday night, I completely forgot that Notre Dame has an affiliation with Peacock, and uh, Frank Nazar and Michigan took on Landon Slagger and Notre Dame on Friday night, and I actually got to uh, watch that game on Peacock both Friday and Saturday night, which was really cool. Frank the Tank was a little bit of a ghost on Friday night, but he had a good performance on Saturday to bounce back uh, and end before the holiday break. But yeah, Frank the Tank is off to a tremendous start. Eight goals and 10 assists, 18 points through 18 games so far this season. And most recently, he's been centering the top line for the Michigan Wolverines, which is what you love to see. And if things keep going well for him, I wouldn't be surprised to see him make the leap to professional hockey following the conclusion of the season. And maybe we even see him make his NHL debut towards the end of the year in uh, March or April with the Blackhawks. Then we got to talk about none other than Gavin Hayes, third round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2022 draft. Boy, this kid is an absolute sniper, folks. Continued to pick up where he left off last year with the Flint Firebirds of the OHL, where he was a 40-goal scorer. So far in 25 games this season, he's already found the back of the net 19 times to go along with 16 assists 
35 points for Gavin Hayes off to a phenomenal start, which spoiler alert, I'll get to at the end of the episode in just a minute, could get him a spot on Team Canada's uh, World Junior roster, excuse me, the United States World Junior roster. Then Nick Lardis, third round pick from this past year, someone in particular who I really like to see the Blackhawks pick up in the third round, got some first round grades from some draft analysts and scouts, and that's because of his goal scoring ability. Like Gavin Hayes, that's Nick Lardis's bread and butter, and he has been a stud in that department for Brantford so far this year. 18 goals to go along with nine assists in 25 games for Nick Lardis, 27 points. He's been a staple of their top line, and it feels like anytime they're doing anything offensively, he's got uh, himself involved in it. And how about Paulie Ludwinski, baby? That Paulie Luds uh, for the Blackhawks, second-round pick in 2022. The offense went a little bit dry for him last year. It was also a campaign that was kind of up and down due to injury, but he's back and healthy this year, centering uh, the Frontenac's top line as their captain, and he has been the driving force for them. He actually had a 14-game point streak going just a couple of weeks ago before it came to an end, but that has him now at 26 points, 11 goals, and 15 assists in 23 games so far this season. Another guy who I kind of honestly expect to make the leap to the pro scene after the conclusion of this season. And then how about Blackhawks second-round pick from this year's draft, Martin Misiak playing for the Erie Otters after being the first overall selection in the CHL import draft. He's been kind of bouncing up and down between the first and the second line center for the Otters, but he's been one of their most productive forwards at 18 years of age, which you love to see. 12 goals, 12 assists, 24 points for Martin Mishiak in his first 26 games this season. I mentioned Landon Slager taking on uh, Frank Nazar in Michigan over this past weekend. What a senior season Slaggart is off to as the captain of the Fighting Irish. One of the leading goal scorers in the entire country. I believe he's third right now with 12 goals to go along with four assists in those 16 games. I believe he only had seven tucks total during his entire junior season. So great to see him bounce back. I'm sure the Blackhawks have wanted to see that as well, considering he still hasn't signed his entry-level contract, but... Considering the start that he's off to so far, I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up getting that done. And then Ryan Green, second round pick for the Blackhawks last year as well, 57th overall, continues to be a big staple of the Boston University, the Terriers offense, along with projected 2024 first overall pick Macklin Celebrini. Ryan Green's got 16 points in 16 games so far this year, exactly a point per game while centering their second line mostly and being a fixture of their top power play unit. He's got six goals and 10 assists. Then we got Aiden Thompson, who's playing for one of the top teams in the country in the University of Denver. <clears throat> kind of a slow start for Thompson, not going to lie, which was a little disappointing considering how much of an impact he made as their third line center last year. Looked like he was going to take the step up to their second line center, but just hasn't been productive enough offensively, although he has gotten it going here recently, and he's now at three goals and nine assists for 12 points in 16 games. Another guy who I think is making the leap at the end of this year. Then we got two Minnesota Golden Gophers uh, in Oliver Moore and Sam Renzel, both freshman roommates and both first-round picks of the Blackhawks in the last couple of years. Oliver Moore has gotten off to a tremendous start with two goals and nine assists in 11 games. Kid absolutely flies up and down the ice for the Golden Gophers. And then Sam Renzel actually got his first NCAA goal over the weekend. He has that to go along with nine assists for 10 points in his first 
16 games this season as well. Both of those guys have been tremendous. Then we got two goalies that I wanted to talk about too. And Adam Guyan, who's playing for the Green Bay Gamblers of the USHL. And Dominic Bassey playing for the St. Cloud. Uh, oh boy, what is their mascot? I, I don't know. I completely forgot, but he's playing for St. Cloud State. Uh, but how about Adam Guyan off to a 13-4-1 start in 18 games with a 2.99 goals against average and 9.11 save percentage. Honestly, the Green Bay Gamblers don't have the best social media team, so it's kind of hard to keep up with those games. But from the stats perspective, it looks like Adam Guyan is doing a lot of good work after being the first goaltender off the board in this past year's draft. And then Dominic Bassey just continues to kind of be a sturdy college goalie for St. Cloud State. He's 8-5-1 with a 2-3-1 goals against average, 9-0-8 save percentage, and three shutouts already in 14 starts this season. And as I mentioned, St. Cloud State, one of the best teams in the country. They're currently number 15 in the rankings, uh, getting into the Blackhawks prospects that are playing for some of the best programs in the country. We got BU coming in at number two in the rankings this week. They, of course, have Ryan Green, Aiden Thompson, and Denver came in at number four. Then at number nine, Tage Harding and Connor Kelly, two defensemen prospects that are playing for the University of Providence. They're a top 10 team in the country and have been so for the most part early on this season. I mentioned Minnesota. They're at number 10 with Oliver Moore and Sam Renzel. UMass and Liam Gorman, who quite honestly, I don't know if he has a future in the Blackhawks organization, but they're currently number 11. Frank the Tank and Michigan currently sit at number 14. Dominic Bassey and St. Cloud State are at 15. And then Notre Dame and Landon Slagger with a win over Michigan on Friday night. They jump jump back into the top 20 at number 20 uh, into the rankings. Then I also wanted to mention here real quick, I know I'm running a little bit long, folks, and I apologize, but we got an announcement about the World Juniors, which are set to kick off here in just a couple of weeks. Four Blackhawks prospects were named to the United States preliminary World Juniors roster in Oliver Moore, Sam Renzel, Frank Nazar, and Gavin Hayes, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. Out of those four, I think Frank Nazar and Oliver Moore are the ones who are solidified to be on the team. I think Sam Renzel has a really good opportunity as well as a big-bodied right-handed defenseman. Gavin Hayes is the one who's a little bit on the fence, really hoping he's going to be able to crack the team, though, with his goal-scoring abilities. And then for Slovakia, we also got uh, both second-round picks for the Blackhawks this year, and Martin Mishiak and Adam Guyan. Uh, both made the Slovakian preliminary world juniors roster. Quite honestly, I expect both of them to be on that team, um, but it does look like we could get a pretty decent slew of Blackhawks prospects representing their countries. Once again, here in the world juniors, don't forget about those folks. Always a super exciting tournament and a really good opportunity to not only get a look at some of the prospects already in the system, but some prospects who are going to be involved in the 2024 NHL draft, which by the looks of it right now, the Chicago Blackhawks are probably going to have another high-end selection in that one. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast, and to go and subscribe to the Locked On Blackhawks YouTube channel, and that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2 or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. 
So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's get off the schneid and score more than once here this evening. That's going to do it for today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.